Hello again, I'm Tim Muma. This is localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to our latest podcast, Classroom to Boardroom. Here we offer up some valuable tips and strategies for the collegiates out there, hoping to get you off to a great start in your professional career. Now, of course, companies love candidates who have some real-world experience in their field, and that's where internships can be invaluable, even if they aren't actually paid. Joining LJN Radio once again is James Tarbox, Executive Director for Career Services at San Diego State University. Now, James is coming back to fill us in on some of the benefits of internships for college credit and the ways that you can make sure that experience is extremely productive as well. James, welcome back. Thank you, Tim. Well, I did an unpaid internship, but I talked to a lot of people and they think that, oh, come on, that's a waste of time. How are you not getting paid for that? Okay, it's college credit, whatever. What's your response to those sort of reactions? As a person who teaches an internship class and who is very (laughs) (laughs) vested in student success, I would love to see all internships paid. However, that's a big however, Mm -hmm. there are many organizations that don't necessarily have the means to do that and do offer excellent training opportunities. So in terms of the internship experience, I would say if you're in a major where the industries don't typically support paid internships, that I would encourage you to pursue it because sometimes that's one of the most effective means for qualifying yourself for work after the university experience. And you mentioned there the idea that Is it very much separated by fields in terms of where you might be paid for an internship versus unpaid? I mean, for myself, I was in the media. I know that almost nowhere you're paid for the internships. Is that usually how it's broken down or is there a different way that they kind of figure that out? I think it's that. And I think it's also the size of the organization. And I want to make a quick plug because I think it's an excellent thing for students and for an employer to look at is there's a group that does call recruiting trends. It's through the Michigan State, I believe. And Career Services at San Diego State supports it, so we actually have our employers surveyed through that. But what it does is, if you go on the website, if you Google just the recruiting trends in CERI, C-E-R-I, you'll find a report on projections about internships for this academic year, based on what recruiters have said. So I'm mentioning that because I think that your listeners could really benefit from looking at what are the industries that tend to pay? Because they do a summary and they talk about where the pay is going to be. Mm-hmm. What are the average salaries for those? And to, more importantly than anything, do research. Because what I often find happen here in the internship class that I teach at San Diego State is if students are late to the game, they often get left with the internships that aren't paid. Mm. Okay. Regardless of industry. Sure. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about the unpaid ones. And of course, just because you're not getting monetary value, there are other things that come about from that. What sort of general value would you place on these internships, whether it be because you do get that credit, but also in that field, in that industry, what you can learn from those internships? The value that comes of it is if the student and the employer are responsible for the student's experience. So just so you know, when I do the class, I give a prep, a training to all the the sites that my students are going to, and I I give them all a best practices approach because for me, what keeps an internship legitimate is that there's some sort of a training experience Mm -hmm. and the student gains skills and abilities and judgments that they didn't have prior to the internship. So that's where I keep my focus. And I mentioned that it's the student's responsibility and the employer's responsibility because the student needs to, in essence, say, if they think that they're not getting trained, this isn't what I signed up for. And of course, they would want to be more diplomatic than that. And the employer needs to be really intentional and provide an experience where the student gains from being at that organization. 
So it's really important that both of them know how to do that and know how to have a conversation. And what I usually do is I tell the employers they need to identify a project that the student will complete during the course of the semester. Sure. They need to have ongoing meetings. And by the way, I always say to the student, are you meeting with your site supervisor? And they say, yeah, I see that person every day. I say, that's not what I mean. Mm. I mean, do you sit down with this person? Do you have some sort of a structured agenda that's focused on your project work and your performance in the internship? And that kind of turns a light on for them. And then I say, if you aren't, you need to. And you need to know that I've already told the employer that or the site supervisor that I expect that to be happening. And that's what I was going to ask was how much interaction there is between, say, the university and the employer or at least the person who's at that company um, to help out with the internship side. Because I could see that kind of, you know, confusion coming about or maybe things aren't getting done as well as you would like. So what's the student to do as the middleman between the two? Well, first and foremost, depending upon where they're, how they're registered, like I teach a one credit class and I have a syllabus and I do the outreach and I have contact points with the students and with the sites okay. during the semester. And when I say contact points, those are both in person and via email. So what the student needs to do is if they're enrolled in an internship for credit at University X or University Y, they need to have the syllabus and they need to know what's expected of them. Sure. And then they need to be responsible for engaging the faculty member if the faculty member isn't engaging them and saying, in essence, okay, here's where I am. Here's how I'm meeting the, the requirements for this class. Here's some issues that I may be running up against so that the instructor can help them face those. And then equally as important is the student, if they're running into an issue and they've been coached by their faculty member, they need to follow up with the site in terms of learning those good skills, like saying to a person, we're working on this project, but I'm still not clear on what you want. I'm not getting any guidance. Mm -hmm. Or if their site supervisor is left, going to someone in the organization. Typically, I run that interference for my students, but if they're not getting it from their instructor, saying, who can I report to now because I'm left here floating? So it's really important for them to develop those skills and the confidence that they need because that'll show them in a work environment when they get hired that they have an ownership in it. It's just not someone telling them what to do. It's them engaging another person and learning in that process. And I'm glad you brought up that side of it because, of course, that's part of the idea with all this is to understand what it's like in the quote-unquote real world and how it might work. When an individual is going through the internship, how much should they feel like they're being treated like an employee versus, yeah, you know, that's the intern doing the menial tasks or, you know, making sure he completes that project but not really getting anything out of it? Where do you find that balance? Because I'm sure the employer wants them to be productive, but the student in this case obviously wants to be learning something. Absolutely. Just one quick clarification. I think that an intern needs to remain an intern because as soon as they can become an employee, then they qualify for, for pay and benefits. Sure. So for an employer or for a student to make sure that they're a valued contributing member, I would say if they could focus it around the project work that I mentioned earlier, you know, that there's something that they're doing or that they've identified to do and that they're getting guidance on it. Because again, to me, what makes an internship experience gives it that quality is that they're learning how to leverage the skills, abilities, and judgment that they've gained in their education. And someone is showing them and saying, I know you've taken, let's say, accountancy. I know you've taken you know, international accountancy. But really, in our organization, the way that we leverage these sorts of things that you've learned in that course is we do this. You know, or you're, you're in journalism and media studies and you're learning about social media, but you need to know that we use this sort of system to manage our entire suite of social media products that we use when we're working with our clients. Mm -hmm. So they really get that education piece, you know, in terms of 
they understand how what they've done is relevant and how they can contribute. From your experiences, what would you say are the common mistakes that students make when they are in that internship? They're pretty basic, actually. Using your cell phone is really <laughs> a bad idea, <laughs> and or putting in earbuds, because nobody else, you'll, you'll probably look around at the organization, and with few exceptions, I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to see people doing that unless that's part of monitoring, say, the social media for the internship that you're completing. Mm-hmm. Being on time, being engaged, when you're there, that if your project is done, you go to your supervisor and say, you know, I've, I've finished my project and I think I'm pretty caught up. Do you have something else that I might do? Or is there someone else in another area that I might help so that you show initiative? Because I think the worst thing to do, or not the worst thing, but to manage impressions, it's not good to sit in, at a desk and not do anything. Sure. I would say that those are the things. And also to show the respect. These people are making an investment of time in you. They want to know that you understand that you're not an employee, you're an intern, and that you understand that they hold a position within the organization and that you respect the position. Now, let's say the internship is wrapping up and this individual is possibly graduating as well um, or coming close to it. Where does it come into play that there's possibly an opportunity to continue working there? Is that part of the conversation? Uh, What's sort of your take when it comes to that transition potentially? In my internship class, I meet with my students at the beginning and we do an employer panel and we talk to large employers that have these great formal internships so students can see that those exist and we get at the best practices. And one of them is, I say to the panel, I always ask, when should I start my career conversation with my site supervisor? And almost all of them without exception say at the beginning. Hmm. So when I meet with my students individually in mid-semester, I ask them, I say, what have you, where are you with your career conversation with your site supervisor? And for those who haven't started it, I say, you know what, use me as an excuse. Say, you know, (laughs) Dr. Tarbox really wants me to talk to you about this. And I say, you know, the other thing is, ask them if they're attending professional associations. And if they are, would they take you to the next chapter meeting so that you can start to learn? And then I think, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You've really got to say to the person very early on, if it represents where you are with your, you know, interests, I'm really interested in securing a position in this organization. How do I go about doing that? You know, you may get the answer, sorry, we're not hiring right now. That's fine. You know, you could say back to them, would you mind if once my internship is done that I follow up periodically with you or if we meet on an ongoing basis for lunch, say, once every other month? But it really needs to be an ongoing conversation and you can't be shy about it because mm-hmm. I have had site supervisors say to me, well, they never expressed an interest in, the, in working for us. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a big mistake. I'd really want the students to have that conversation early and often. Well, as we always say in the media, if uh, you don't ask, the answer is always no. James, again, some great insight and inside look into the value of internships and some of the aspects that students could expect. Once again, I want to give you the final word here. Anything you wanted to touch on before we wrap up this episode? There are a couple of things I'd want to say. I don't think it hurts to do more than one internship. Hmm. And okay. so what I would say is if you've done one, look for another one. And, you know, if you need the pay, and by the way, all of us need the pay, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Talk to other students who have had paid internships and ask. One of the things I find fascinating is many students don't talk to other students, so they miss out on the opportunity to be referred to a paid internship. Mm -hmm. And then think about it this way. Unless it's required by your major and you're being paid for an internship, you don't need to pay for academic credit. So if you do secure that second internship and it is paid, it's not a problem to do that independent of the academic credit, especially if you've been guided through the process once. 
All right. Well, once again, some good insight from James Tarbox, Executive Director for Career Services at San Diego State University, specifically in this episode talking about internships. James, thanks again for coming on and sharing your insight with us. Thank you for having me, Tim. Once again, if you'd like to reach out to us, maybe you have a future topic in mind, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.